0: Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Pro Radio Show. I'm your host, Amber Arms, and we have with us today Carrie Ann Blumenstock from Bucks County. Hey, Carrie Ann, welcome to the show. appreciate you coming on today. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for asking. Now, just to give our, you know, listeners a little bit of an interview as far as who you are, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, what are you about?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I originally grew up in Philadelphia, Mayfair section of Philadelphia, um, Northeast, go birds um, and go Phillies. And um, so I originally lived there and then we eventually did move to Bucks County at um, a younger age. Um, now I resign in Bristol Borough, I just recently actually purchased my first home. Um, you know, as a real estate agent, that's a big deal. So, very happy with Congratulations. that. Congratulations! Um, oh my thank goodness! You. Yeah, I feel like when you do this business and um, you know you can't relate to your clients that way. It's, it's you know it's definitely it's it, I'm very much more relatable now than ever before, just knowing the process myself and you know. I like to tell people, like, straight up, you know, I I bought a house in this crazy market, so I wouldn't have done that if I didn't feel like, you know, it was worth it. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, I, I resign in Bristol Borough now, and I have two cats. Their names are Tully and Tito. Um, and yes, that Aww. is a reference to alcohol. Um, so, you know, I, I keep <laughs> myself fun over here with my, my two cats. Um, you know, I always, my parents always tell me, you know, I can only have two cats. No, no husband will want to marry me if I have any more than two. So I keep it at two. Um, and I went to Bucks County, I went to Ben Salem High School growing up. I graduated from Temple University in 2015, um, with a degree in, um, media studies and production. So I was, um, I did a lot of work in television for a while until I decided to make the switch over to real estate, and I've been doing this about 5 years now. Wonderful. Now,
0: what really kind of drove you to make the switch, you know, if you're in television, what really inspired you to switch to real estate?
1: Um, at first, it was definitely that um I just wasn't, you know, getting the connections, I really felt like I was um, looking for in real, you know, in um, television and production, um, you know, it's it's definitely a difficult field to get into, and it's definitely hard to make a living off of it. Um, I was doing a lot of freelance, te- you know, television and and weddings and things like that, and I just didn't feel fulfilled the way that I kind of wanted to. So, um, I definitely feel like I take my television background and media background and use it to my advantage in real estate, which I think has definitely um, helped me succeed. So those are, you know, I, I definitely don't regret it, but I'm really happy where I am now.
0: So, um, yes. Yeah. 100%. I can definitely see that. So when you were deciding, you know, what really stuck out to you about real estate? Why did you pick, pick that one specifically? Was it just something that, like came up and was an idea or was there a particular reason that you went for the real estate in particular?
1: Yeah. So as a new agent, I always, you know, when I talk to new agents, I'm always like, find a mentor, find a mentor. Those are so important. And I was so lucky enough to have a mentor before I even needed a mentor in real estate. So my aunt, she's been an agent in Bucks County for 20 years. um, And, you know, there was a life changing experience happening in my life at the time. And she was like, you know, stop moping around, stop crying, we're going to fix this. And, you know, she got me into something that she saw something in me, and I'm really happy she, you know, went for it and pushed me to get into real estate. But I definitely owe my career to her. Um, she's been a mentor from the beginning and still is today. So um, without her, I don't think I could have continued or done this in, in general. So, you know, I owe a lot of a lot of my business to her.
0: Oh, absolutely. A good mentor always goes a long way, especially in these experience-based fields. When you're first getting started, having somebody who has that knowledge and has been involved in this industry really goes a long way. I'm in insurance, so I understand completely how that can be. And then, you know, you mentioned that she's been in the business for a long time. Do you think that that really helped you going through, you know, the market shifts that we saw over the past couple of years?
1: Yeah. I mean, she has always been the type that, um, you know, built her business off relationships. And um, she's a very highly referred real estate agent. That's mostly where she gets her bread and butter from is, you know, past clients, family and friends, people who just, you know, push her name out because they really do respect and and appreciate her work. So, um, you know, she taught me that from the very get-go she always said you know those kind of extra people those people who come to you are like cupcakes like they're just like your little extra sugar you get them automatically you know when you work hard and you do what you love those people come to you Um, but she also taught me like the grits of just grinding it out and finding a you know purpose and kind of a you know just a a lifestyle behind here and 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 really finding the people I want to work with so Um, She's been really great at just, you know, getting me to work, you know, work hard, work long hours, which I absolutely did in the beginning here. And um, you know all those things to get me to be able to get my cupcakes, you know, that come naturally now. Oh, absolutely. Definitely.
0: And, you know, we're kind of getting into the end of, you know, 2022 here. What would you say, just wild predictions here, because I know it's impossible to say for sure. How would you say that our, you know, even 2023 market is looking at, are we going to continue in the direction that we've been going or do you think that there might be a shift coming?
1: Yeah. So I, here's my thing is I thought, you know, I feel like I've been in the business for five years. Do I miss 2018? Absolutely. The years of sellers, sellers assist and not multiple offers. That was great. And it was really great to walk into an industry that way. But, um, I'm happy that my first few years were 2020, 2021, um, and the reason being is, you know, everybody was like, "This is the worst year in real estate," and then it, then that year ended, and now we're in the next year, and they're like, "This is the worst year in real estate," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like for me, I never felt, I never feel like it's the worst time in real estate or like a bad time to buy a house, and that's just my opinion. I mean. And, you know, my opinion, I feel like it goes a long way as I just bought my own house in April. So, you know, I was in the nitty-grit of this market that was tough. Um, but, you know, I try to, you know, the most important thing is just to set people's expectations up ahead of time. I think is as long as you know what's in front of you, you're going to, you know, the process of purchasing and the process of buying, no matter what time of year it is or no matter what kind of market we're in, as long as you're educated and you know what you're doing, you will get what you want. And um, you know, that's how I look at each year that comes up. It's just, you know, everybody's reasoning on purchasing are different. Everybody's seasons of life are different. So um, it's not so much for me. I don't feel like the the market last year versus this year is going to be much different. Um, I, I know that's difficult to hear, but like, you know, you're purchasing at a higher sale price with a lower interest rate, and now you're purchasing at a more mediocre sale price with a higher interest rate. So um, I know interest rates are the question everybody's kind of running through their heads right now, but for me, you know, you're going to be happy in six months that you got that interest rate you did. If it goes up and if it goes down, then you have another opportunity to kind of refinance and, you know, I never think that purchasing – I've never sold someone a house that said, oh, my God, I hate, I can't believe I bought this house. This was such a bad investment. Um, I just don't think that I see real estate that way. You know, purchasing – owning properties is is never a, a bad call, especially, you know, if it's your first home and you're, you're just getting yourself in the door. Um, you know, I think in five, ten years, depending on how long you need to hold it, you will see your investment come back, and 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 that's what I need people to look at more in the long run of, of what this will look like in in years to come.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. And I I like how you mentioned about the um about the interest rates too. You know, I've I've spoken with a lot of different agents with different perspectives on it, and I really come back to looking at you know the history of real estate because it's a very cyclical market. You know, it kind of goes in cycles. And historically mm-hmm. we've had much, much higher interest rates than we do right now. I mean, in the eighties we had double digits for our interest mm-hmm. rates. They were in the teens and that was yep. you know significantly worse than it is right now. And then, you know, we also look at where, you know, people were talking about how twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one were the worst markets. Well, if you actually look at the numbers, yes, the number of sale prices were down for twenty twenty, but not as much as probably people expected them to be like take this with a grain of salt because I don't 100% remember where I had read it but when we looked at it it, on average usually you get about like 4.2 million house sales for that year and we were only down about three quarters of a million and with the way Mm -hmm. people were talking it really sounded like oh wow we've only sold like half the number of houses we usually do but Looking at it, it was actually a lot closer than people really expected, I think, based on how people were reacting to the market.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people need to hone in on not, like, the real estate market as a whole and just focus on yourself because everybody's reasoning on purchasing is different. And I think at the end of the day, you know, those types of, you know, people are always I hate to be like the bad or bad news, but people die. People have life changes where they have babies or they get divorced. There's all those things that will always happen. And if we, you know, if you don't focus on that as well, not the big picture of, Oh my God, interest rates or Oh my God, sale prices, you know, in the grand scheme of things for me, like I did sell people homes over asking in the last year or so, but a lot of those people felt that they were going to be in that house for 20 years. So Paying twenty thousand dollars over or ten thousand, you know, whatever that number was, it made sense to them in the in the grand schemes of things that, for twenty years. So, um, you know, everybody's lifestyle is different, everybody's situations are different. So, I think mm-hmm. that if you focus in on that and and just focus on why you're buying, then it will make more sense. And that's just what I think people need to do more of is not read the news, read the articles. I understand it's important to be educated, but I think it's more important to be educated in your the reasoning for you and where you want to buy and and those kind of things rather than the big picture
0: yeah i mean in in the end, everybody has their own situations too, right, like how you' mentioned on how life. Life events happen, but also people are in different financial situations. It could be the best market that people have seen for seven years, but if they don't have the financials to be able to support buying a house, they're not going to be able to buy one. And then the vice versa is always true, right? It could be what people are considering the worst market that they've seen for a decade, but if they have all their ducks in a row where they can actually buy a house, then they're going to probably buy one anyway. It's really honestly more of a micro situation than a macro for most people like sure. just in general right because everybody's situation is different
1: yep and I go to say that with real estate agents as well you know I can talk to one agent who's saying I'm doing really great I'm you know honed in I'm focused on my my people and you also have the, the same person in your office that's a worry wart and says this is the worst market in the world and they can't get any sales it's, it's definitely about your mindset as well so um, you know you have to think about those those things as, as well in, in, you know, in this industry.
0: A hundred percent. And
1: I think there's also something to be
0: said that if somebody can, you know, find a way to be successful in the tougher times of the market, you know, how everybody was, was mentioning about how it's really bad. If somebody can actually, you know, get their feet off the ground and do well in that type of situation, it's only going to get easier from there. At that point, it's it's silver lining, right? If you can find a way to be successful at the worst of times, you're going to be really successful when, you know, the market's doing well.
1: Yeah, which is definitely how I've felt over the past, you know, five years. I've been increasing my business every year and then some. So, you know, I know as much as people say, oh my God, this is the worst, this is the worst, you know, I'm always like, when's the worst coming because I haven't gotten there yet. And you know what? I don't want <laughs> that to ever happen, but, you know, I try to keep my head down and think to myself, you know what? If you can do it now, you can do it, you know, at any time. So it's just, you know, at the end yeah, of the day, it comes down to. Exactly. Exactly
0: yeah, it's all perspective. People that started in and started into real estate when the market was doing very well and it was fairly easy. obviously, this is going to be a very tough market for them because they're not used to having to put the knit and grit in when it's when it's really tough. But people who learn when the conditions are more difficult will just absolutely flourish when we go back into you know kind of that cycle where it's a little bit easier. And it is a cycle. I mean, we had the, the major crash of 08, and people were worried that we weren't going to recover from that. But just a couple years later, and things were booming again, right? So it's, exactly. it's all a matter of perspective. You know, we always end up coming back to that equilibrium at some point.
1: Yep. Yep, you got it.
0: Now, when you when you first started, what would you say is the most difficult part of getting into the industry? Like, what did you find the trickiest when you first transitioned?
1: I would say, um, of course, I don't had, I did not have those relationships that I have now um, in the beginning. And, um, you know, I think that's the most important part is to be relatable and to be, you know, approachable. And, you know, I definitely felt like I had those things, just not in a sense of, it's almost, you know, I always felt almost like a little bit of like a a faker, almost like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. hard to that 'cause that because when you're starting a new career or you're starting something new, um, imposter syndrome is, is so like in front of your face when you start, especially in this industry with, you know, a lot of personalities and a lot of, you know, um, you know, people in front of you with their numbers and you're just not there. So for me, you know, I was definitely, I, I have a wonderful office that I worked with. Um, they're great. There's 250, 300 of us and You know, in the beginning, it's intimidating. You meet all these agents who are doing so well, and then you also meet those new agents who off the bat boomed, and they're killing it, and they're, you know, selling all these houses, and, you know, you're not, and I think that is one of my biggest things that I feel like I've been able to accomplish over the years is just that I've been able to steadily grow consistently, you know, not, I would say quietly, like not as, you know, in front of your face, blow up right in front of everybody. So, um, and for me, you know, my biggest thing of, like I said, just kind of, you know, I always tell people fake it till you make it. And that's kind of like my saying now is, you know, you have to fake it till you make it. And, you know, I, you know, use a lot of resources inside my office that help me grow and and not so much fake it, but make it. And, um, you know, just figuring out how to represent buyers correctly, being educated. So, Um, I think for me, that was my biggest thing is just like getting off the ground of being like, I'm a realtor, I'm a brand new agent, and, you know, transitioning into being, you know, I'm a resource, I'm, you know, a resource to the neighborhood, I'm an expert in the neighborhood. So, you know, getting from one end to another, you know, I'm still growing, I'm still learning, of course, every day, but, you know, becoming that resource, to me is what I felt, turned me from, you know, new age into, see- not seasoned, because I don't feel like I'm still seasoned, but of more of a professional because I looked at it in a different perspective. I didn't look at it, you know, I'm selling houses. I looked at it as I'm this massive resources resource to, you know, people in my neighborhood, clients that I've sold to, past clients, new clients. Um, so I think that once I was able to kind of turn that around, um, I was able to kind of be successful in this.
0: This episode is brought to you by We Insure Center of Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. With access to over 200 carriers, We Insure is ready to service all of your insurance needs for home, auto, business, life, and more. Simply call 484 207 6640. Again, that's 484 207 6640. Or visit WeInsureCenter.com. Get your free quote today.
1: Oh, 100%. I can see how that would definitely be the case, especially,
0: you know, it's such an experience-based industry, too, that when you're first starting out, there's so many different situations and circumstances that you've never worked with or experienced. I, I've My mom's a real estate agent as well, so I've kind of seen what she had to go through when she first started. And, you know, a lot of the education that you do and the testing that you do to get your license, it doesn't really prepare you out actually at all. doing the business on a day-to-day basis. I took that
1: test so, seven times. So I, I, if, I, if anybody can tell you that that test is not a contributing factor to what kind of agent you can be in the future, it's like so adamant. Like, you know, I took that test so many times and, you know, it was so tough for me to pass. And um, once I was able to pass it, you know, I, I, I see myself as a good agent. So you know it is crazy how different you know that test is versus what you know reality of being an agent looks like oh 100% there's so much
0: memorization like they had so much legal stuff in there where like it's important but most of it you don't end up using on a day-to-day basis like i don't need to know the very specific definition of you know what a real estate short sale is like You don't need to know the specifics of that unless you're specifically going into that sub-genre of real estate agents. So I always found that fascinating. I could definitely see how that would be intimidating, too. You know, just going into, especially with an office as large as yours, I'm sure that you had some really, really impressive agents in there that just absolutely exploded. It can be tough because you feel like you have to compare yourself to them and their success, and everybody has their own path that they go on to, and sometimes slow and steady is is the way to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I will say, like, my office, you know, it is a very big office, but I've found my core people within my office, I would say. And like you had said, like, there's just so much learning involved in real estate. I still say to this day, like, I learn something new almost every transaction. Like, I don't think I'll ever not know what's going to turn at every turn you know, every house is different. Every client is different. So yep. um, I think there will always be like something I learn every time. And I have, you know, I have I have my core people. One has been in the age, you know, in the industry for a long time. I have a few of them. I have some that are newer. And I get phone calls from those seasoned agents questioning what they're doing too. So, you know, it's kind of nice to see the circle come around. Like they've been doing this for so long, but they still call me. And they're like, what do you think? What's your opinion here? Um, because really real estate can be done. There's no, I mean, there are, of course are wrong ways because we have ethics and things like that, that we have to follow. Um, but there are, you know, there's probably five answers for every one question. So um yep. The matter of figuring out what what works best for you and your clients and who you're servicing. Yeah,
0: and I think that the the variability of you know every day being different is both a blessing and a curse because on one hand, getting started, having to plug so much information into your mind so quickly under short notice is super overwhelming for most people. But in the long term, I feel like it's it makes it such a great career choice for most people because you don't really get bored, right? Because every house is different. Every client is different, just like you said. So, yep. you know, you will get it where it's very similar situations sometimes, but you're not going to get bored because you, you have to keep learning. You have to keep, you know, learning about new situations and, and new circumstances, just like with those seasons agents, because they don't know it all either. Right. Even if you've been in the industry for 20, 30 years, there's there's still things you're learning.
1: That's yep. Our market changes every year. I mean, 2020 versus 2021 looks very different. So, um, you know, we're not in we're typically not in the same market as we always are. So, um, like you said, there's so many factors: clients, agents, co-ops, the market itself. So the um, sellers. Yeah. There's forever changing. There's so many personalities when it comes to real estate. And, you know, for me, like one of my – I, I of course, have my aunt, who's a wonderful mentor. Her name's Anne Marie Walsh. And uh, I also have an agent in our office. Her name's Helen Irvine. She's been doing this a really long time. And, um, you know, she she always guides me in, in making sure I'm making these, like, right decisions here. And, uh, um, yeah, so –
0: it's always wonderful having people you can you can reach out to and and get some advice from, even if you've been in the industry for you know so long so that's that's wonderful that you have that and you know I feel like that as the market changes people's needs need change as well. but what would you say is you know the biggest obstacle your clients have had to face when it comes to like buying or selling?
1: so I feel like the biggest obstacle is typically, you know, clients wanting something that's not necessarily in their budget. I think that is typically where I see a lot of, um, you know, downfalls is, hey, you know, I love this house, but it's 450, but they're really only, you know, able to stretch 370. And I think we're going to see that more and more now with interest rates climbing, you know, that average, it's not about the sale price as much as the payment now, you know, payments are so much, significantly higher than they were last year just based off the interest rate. So, um, you know, we're definitely seeing that. So I think that a lot of buyers and sellers, because sellers have an expectation of what they thought their house was worth for so long and now it's not, um, I think that is the biggest hurdle because, um, you know, they're just going to have to look at things a little bit differently, like what can I do in 10 years to this house? What can I do tomorrow that will make it, you know, a livable place to be or you know what can i do down the line that can extend this you know i think you need i think clients need to start honing in and focusing on where they want to be and you know more importantly where they want to be and price point um and then take it from there based off of what they could do to the house in in years to come i remember when i purchased my house i you know i bought it in april i did buy it off market which um was really wonderful um and uh you know, I had my sisters who are teachers they your grade school teachers, wonderful teachers, but you know, they don't see, they don't, their brain doesn't work like me when it comes to, you know, seeing potential or just, you know, real estate investing. They're just not, you know, in that, in that mindset, which is totally fine. But when they walked in my new house, they were like, Oh my gosh. Like they were like, you bought this, this is what you bought. And I was like, you know, and, you know, now that I've been in here for four years, I've done some work to it. I've done some updating. And they're like, oh, I could live here now. You know, so I think that it's a little bit harder for, you know, the average consumer to see past these things. Um, So I think, you know, as a a buyer, I think that buyers and sellers need to focus in more on what they're looking for, not what they, what's right in front of them and what they need versus what's in front of them. And, um, you know, going that way. And I think that, you know, agents have to do that too. We have to get a little bit more creative out on ways that we're going to, um, you know, hone in on our clients. So um, like I said before, I always say I'm a resource. So, you know, in this kind of objection, I would be, you know, providing resources for them to get their property to where they want it to be or, you know, what can we do? What can the seller do? Those kind of things to get us to a, you know, a place where, um you know, we can actually love it. But I think that's the biggest thing right now is just being able to accept what they can afford. And I, I, you know, I know it's always hard to to not get everything you've always dreamed of in your first home or um, your second home. But I think that if you just gave it time and allowed your, like, a moment to sit, you know, you could really turn that house into, you know, what you really want it to be. So, I think, you know, we just have to get a little bit more creative as we move forward in in the in the market.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I love how you mentioned about um about the cosmetics because I do think that people tend to have unrealistic expectations as far as what they can get. Um and I'm kind of curious to hear your perspective on this having been involved with television and production before how much would you say that those kind of expectations have been influenced by shows like HGTV and stuff like that, you know, maybe setting unrealistic expectations for people?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, exactly that. I think that um, for me, the way that I like to go about that is just education. Um, So, you know, I don't want to burst any client's bubbles because I want them to dr- big, dream big and let's shoot for the stars and see what we can get. But, um, you know, really uh, reevaluating what they're looking for, how much they want to spend, um, and just educating them on, like, what this will look like for them, how much it's going to cost, what they're going to have to do. Um, You know, it, it's, I love a wandering, you know, brain as far as what they can possibly do in their house or where they want to go. Um, because I'm the same way. I, you know, I drive down Yardley Borough and, you know, dream one day that I will live in one of those big houses on the main street. So um, <laughs> i never want to cut those dreams apart because I want to be just like them as much as they want to be. But, you know, more education, more explaining, you know, even even if, it's, if I'm breaking their heart now, you know, in 10 years, that dream might come true, you know. So, um, but just dreaming is is one thing but really honing down on what you need to do to get there is really more important to me so you know you might not be able to afford like me I'm in I'm in Bristol borough not in Yardley borough but one day I'll be in Yardley borough so um you know my expectations of what I can afford now is this so let me build my my worth and my you know my ability to to get to that place and but um you know I feel like you know where you're at now does not need to be your life for the next 30 years so Um, I'm always just all about just educating them, sitting, I do, you know, of course we all go through this as agents, but we have our buyer consults, our, you know, expectations as, as, as a buyer. And then, you know, realistically selling them properties that might fall within their budget. And, you know, I think that, you know, they're, they figure this out faster than, you know, I need to explain to them. So once I give them the resources that they need, they're able to make their own decisions that way. Because at the end of the day, we're all, I mean, they're adults. They're buying a house, and this is the biggest transaction of their life. So um, mm-hmm. the more educated they can be about it, the better. So that's just my job. And then, you know, what they choose to take from that is, is—is, you know, is their is their choice. Yeah, no,
0: yeah, definitely. You want to you wanna be there and provide your experience and your expertise, and you want to provide, you know, the knowledge and the tools that they need to make the most educated decision that they can. Because, you know, as you said, this is the largest investment that most people are going to make in their lifetime. It's either going to be a house or transitioning to another house. You know, most yep. people don't work with anything bigger than that. So, you know, them being able to make a, you know, educated decision of what they want to invest in is good. And I think that it's also good for people to see beyond just the cosmetic value of the house too, like you had mentioned, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you could have a house that looks absolutely beautiful inside, but it has a major flooding problem where the basement floods every year. Right, so that's a house that looks gorgeous, but is gonna be probably a major investment as far as repairs in the future. Or you might have a house that maybe it's a little outdated. Maybe the kitchen is from the seventies and hasn't really been you know updated cabinets, but it's functional it works. nothing's gonna be breaking there for the time being. You know all the major systems are updated, so being able yep. to essentially encourage people to focus on the things that are actually important, right? The roof, the heating system, the plumbing, you know, if the house is really, really old, has the wiring been updated so that it's not on, you know, fuse boxes and knobs and tubes, you know, the stuff that really matter.
1: Yeah, of course. And I always, I like to, and I go back to my Helen Irvine who's an agent at my office. She always explained to me in the beginning, like, you're a conductor, you know, I'm not buying this house, you know, so I can only conduct, The process here. So I'm Mm going to take you along on this little train ride and, you know, I'm going to provide you with all the resources that you need. But at the end of the day, you know, you're the, you're the decision maker, you're the buyer. So, or you're the seller. So, um, you know, but I'm going to conduct you because I, you know, I am the expert here. So I always like to use her saying is, you know, I'm always, I'm a conductor. I'm here to just provide tons of resources and get you from, point a to point b and um you know i kind of always stand by that
0: absolutely that's such a beautiful way of looking at it conductor i've first time i've heard that one um yeah i think that's a really nice way to put it too i'm going to hold on to that one Um, yeah yeah not a lot of good situation it's different right you know somebody might want that stone farmhouse they really want to have that charm they don't mind if they have to put some extra money into they'll fix the insulation and in maybe that's just the situation that's good for them and they can afford it. And that's their yep. decision to make. But if yep. it's a brand new couple and they don't know what they're getting into, then education can go a long way to make sure that's actually what they want.
1: Yeah. Yep. Exactly.
0: Definitely. And listen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Carrie ann If somebody wanted to reach out to you to buy a house or sell their house, you know, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm very big on my social media, so I spend a lot of time on my Instagram and Facebook, how I really connect with my past clients, my current clients, my soon-to-be clients. So um, people call me Redhead in Real Estate PA is my little nickname, so um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Redhead in Real Estate PA.
0: That's wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And do you have a specific phone number or email you want people to reach out, or is just the social
1: sure. media good? Yeah, so my email is pretty simple. It's kerryann, K-E-R-I-A-N-N, at com. So it, it doesn't get much easier than that.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on to the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. And I awesome. hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.